Hi, I'm Cody Elaine Oliver. I created the popular Black Love docuseries with my husband after seeing the lack of Black people in media and entertainment in happy, loving relationships. We were actually being told there was a Black marriage crisis. So I asked Black people who were married what it takes to make their marriage work. And after more than 200 interviews, I've heard it all. So buckle up and enjoy getting the full story directly from the couples themselves. This is Black Love, The Interviews. So how did we meet? We met on this thing called MySpace, if you remember it. Um, back in the day, in the ancient internet world, we met on the MySpace. And really, it was him who was taking what was then well, social media and was being social on it. He wasn't just like trying to find a date. He was actually... No, go, go. I want to hear you because I usually tell the story from my perspective. No, but you so go. I hear you, you go. Say, I mean, because you approached me on the MySpace, so. I did. I did. <laughs> I was an early adopter, like I am in like most social media. But like, I was an early adopter of uh, MySpace. And I intentionally set out to like make friends. Because that's what it said, right? And like like it, That was like, like the tag. The tag them. was like myspace a place for friends <laughs> and so i was like i'm gonna i'm, I'm gonna do this because i had just i think i just moved out of my parents place and i was i was by myself so i was like you know and, and it was funny because like when he sent this note to me it really was on some like hey i'm trying to be the homie and it was like it was peculiar not because he was creepy but it was peculiar because it was like i think this dude actually just wants to be my friend yeah and we ended up being friends for like I always say two years, but am I making that up? It was like a year, like just back and forth. But you're missing the most important part. Okay, what was that? That same note you got, pretty much everybody. Yes, got. it was very copy and paste. <laughs> it, was, it was very it was, copy and paste. It was, it was like a... Because he was out here seeking his friends. It was a place game. for friends. It's marketing. You know, it's, so, a term. Yeah. <laughs> it was a numbers game. So I was like, you got to get your numbers up. Yeah. Trying to figure out this top eight situation. And Maddie's one of those people that... Uh, I made your top eight? Eventually, I mean, you had to. There you go. There you <laughs> <Eventually>. go. <laughs> that was in 2007. Yes, this was in, yeah, 2007. I was 23. Yeah, you were fresh into Atlanta. Yes, because I had just moved to Atlanta from New York. I just moved here from New York. And yeah, I just... I didn't have, well, I'm lying. I was, you, I was you dating was, somebody was when he- Technically well, out you. Okay, you I guess. Uh, you, but yeah. You was young we, and free. <laughs> yeah, I was young and free. And free. Slim. <laughs> Happy. But I, yeah, I think I was dating somebody when we became friends. Mm -hmm. But because over time, then eventually we, we finally met in person. Yeah, and the story on that is we met in person because there was another friend of mine who used to hang out, group of guys. We all used to hang out and- uh, And he desperately needed a makeover. Yeah, we just decided one day he needed to change his life. And yeah. And he was gonna get a makeover. And I was working in retail. Yeah. And so, yeah, so they finally came to the store and it was cool because, you know, I know like meeting people online but into missing, real life can be re weird, but. You're missing the clear detail though of the store that you were working at, this 
this is how much we didn't know about each other. Like we knew yes. like that you were Ohio State fan, music that we liked. We talked about all that right. stuff. But, but the store that, that I worked at was like literally across the street, like from, across his, the street from, from his apartment. apartment. So it was crazy that he lived that close. And so, yeah, we ended up, I, I made the friend over and one of my friends had come by as well. Yeah, I was like, and it was like a group, group thing, so it wasn't weird. And then as kind of like a thank you for helping out with the friend, he took me and my friend out to dinner. And then we kept in touch since pretty much since then. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't think there were sparks when I saw him. He was so cute, but he was so much smaller than I thought he was going to be. <laughs> but I'm small, so that's fine. We're fun size. You know what I mean? Who doesn't want? Because, you know, the fun size Twix tastes better than the like full size Twix, in my opinion. That's why I like Halloween, you know? Twix is not a good analogy. Is it not? That's I'm, the same. You're the I'm same color as Twix. Twix ain't fun size. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so no, it didn't immediately click. Yeah, um, it didn't. And actually, Maddie was chosen because I thought that she would be a good addition to my group of friends. Because when he saw me, he thought that I looked fun and I wasn't trying to look fun. You know, I was trying to be sexy. You know, I'm young and free. And he that was one of the first things he said to me. He's like, yeah, you looked really fun. And I was so disappointed. (laughs) I was so like, I mean, I recently got over this like maybe last year, you know, like I was like, I look fun. It's been like, yeah, you know, it's like been kind of like an inside joke for a while. But but you are fun. I mean, I am fun. And that is awesome. I think that's the it factor about me. I can make any situation fun. So it but it was not sparks. And I think it just took us hanging out and kind of like being around each other um, for a while and just really kind of learning each other's personalities. Yeah. But in terms of being around, it actually happened. Because I gotta tell you, man, Maddie is just so lucky to be with me. There you go. There you go. She has this amazing amount of favor on her life. (laughs) (laughs) Not not just in like the me situation, but in all situations. Because um, our very first, which she considers a date, was a situation where it was supposed to be another group activity. And then everybody else. Nobody fell was out. available. Yeah, like everybody and else. Apparently, fell out. also with our first date, I was like the third choice. Like he had two <laughs> other ladies, and then I was like the third because I guess nobody else was available, and nobody else showed up. So and lucky my best for friends, me. They canceled too. Yes, because they just had had a small baby. They, they just had the they just had the first time, so they so they canceled, and then. And I thought, and the thing is, too, is I thought this, like, first date was, like, super fantastic. Like, I was, I danced all my life, and he was taking me to Alvin Ailey here in Atlanta at the Fox. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is just so thoughtful. He knows that I've danced and stuff like that. Only to find out that I was, like, third on the list. It's just because I'm really cultured, and I wanted to see a lot of dance performance. Yeah, lucky for me. I wanted to take everybody with me. But... But since then, Alvin Ailey has become become a tradition. Yeah, it's like a, tra- it's our, like our so, tradition. So we try, to go, that we we try to go every year. But that was the first instance, right? So that was our first date. And then secondly, we your second instance of favor <laughs> was, was uh, I, I hosted a game night at my apartment. And it was on a Friday evening. And so I, I was talking to Maddie like throughout the week, like, hey, you coming to this thing? Oh, you doing yes, this thing? And she's like, yeah, okay, cool. But I'm gonna need you to pick me up, right? And I was like, 
all right, you're not, she wasn't that far away from where I live. She was with her grandmother. Yeah, I was at my grandmother's house. So basically what happened is I fell asleep. And I fell asleep hard because I guess he had called, text, sleep, like she like got her hair sleep, done. That sleep. Day. I got my hair done. And she was like all on like phone, like, hey man, my hair is gonna be so great. It, and it wasn't, running. it was a bad week. It was amazing. a really bad week, by the way. Everything is gonna be so awesome. And I go to pick her up and I'm calling on the way because like I'm expecting people at my house and <laughs> I gotta pick you up and get back in a certain amount of time. And it was storming outside as well. So I'm like, I'm sitting in a Home Depot parking lot for about 45 minutes. Cause his, one of his best friends was like, don't leave her. And the best don't. friends that canceled on the Alvin Ailey. Really? This is them like being like, don't leave yeah, her. Yeah, like, like, don't leave her. You don't know what could have yeah, happened yeah. to her. But she's okay. And I finally she's like up. jumped out of my sleep and luckily he was down the street. He had waited. And that is, that is probably Only why we are married today. So shout out to Ashley for Yes, for cause child, I was very sleep and that weave was very bad. <laughs> We are still here. And so after that game night, that's when we ended up, we basically spent the entire weekend together. Yeah. Um, and that, I think that's when we really, yeah. So basically she came over that night. I did leave, but he didn't want me to leave. So let's also make that clear. The I, favor was on his life too. I, I offered several times for you to leave. And you were like, no, I'm cool. I'm like, are you sure that you're cool? Because... <laughs> You know, you don't this live here. One, and you don't live here, nor are you paying rent, but you know. But yeah, she's been around ever since. Yeah. We've been around ever since. I think when it came to realizing I was the one, it was a lot sooner than when he proposed, at least from what you told me. Yeah. He he says it was like two weeks in, he knew I was his wife. It's like two weeks in. And I'll, I'll say this though, to back all the way up, outside of your enormous amount of favor, you were an answered prayer. Mm. I was just like denying it. <laughs> so, yeah, I just I seriously feel... though, because like once you finally left, I had time to myself to really think about the person that you were and the person that I had been praying about. Mm. Like even though it was a a condensed period of time in those three days. We talked about a lot of stuff. Yeah, we talked like, a we, lot. We, we, like in that we weekend together. In that, yeah, we went in family and all that other stuff. And I, I thought I started thinking about like all the things that I had been praying about in my single time. And you checked off a lot of those boxes, right? But I still couldn't let you win. <laughs> I'm sorry. I couldn't. I had plans, you know. Yeah, I was yeah. going. I was going, like, do a bunch of stuff, get a bunch of like things in yeah, life. You sounded like Possibly you were on like, your way to the top. I was. Yeah. I was. And you know, I was just gonna be like one of those dudes who like bought a wife, you know, you know a trophy mm-hmm. on the side, you know, some kids or something. But you kind of ruined all those plans. It looks like I saved your life. Kind of ruined. It looks like I saved your life. But um, so my plan was then. Because I figured I lost. But <laughs> I was like, if I can get one detractor what that, was that? that wasn't on Team Maddie, I had an excuse. Right? So what I did is um, I would bring her around. You were there for this because you, you were around. Like, I would bring her around certain friends. Oh, to see if somebody would like me. And like, and oh, like okay. family members. 
And it was all every time we left this, the, you know, the situation, you know, we we go back, recap the conversation. Like, man, I like man, I don't know what you're doing, man. You're doing well. I'm like, come on, one person. I, I just mean, need one. That's the kind of favor you had over your life. So we got to the point where it was my mom. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my mom and I had been talking about it on the phone, talking about you, talking about the whole situation. And she was like, yeah, this is, this is a lot. You guys are moving kind of fast. Yeah, everything. we did move pretty fast because, I and mean, then, we ended up we moved in together about a month after that second date. Yeah, because yeah. Yeah, just didn't I just never leave. left. So and so I was like, you might as well. You didn't want to, you didn't leave a lot. And your aunt that you were staying with at the time, she was moving. Yeah. And yeah, so you're yeah. like, I don't know if I'm in the moving plans or not. And I was like, well, seeing as you're here all the time, just, 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 just hang out. And so, of course, our parents had opposition, you know, very old school Christian parents. So we were shacking up. And so at this point, we didn't really know. Well, I'm guessing at this point, your mom, you didn't really know what your mom was going to say. I knew exactly what you would say. Same thing to your parents. Yeah. Like, same thing to everybody said at the time. But, you know, when when you met my mom, and this was before we moved in together, she did the same thing. She was <laughs> like, man, I really like Maddie. But y'all need to do this, this, and this. So I was like, I got one more. All right, I got one more. And that was my little sister. Oh, who yeah, happened yes, to be yes, like yes. 12 at the time, 13, 12, 13 at the time. You know, at 12, 13, she's a girl. You don't like she anything. She don't like anything. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, it doesn't matter. You're right. It doesn't matter what you do. She's not going to like it. So, and my, my little sister is also the baby and it's four of us total. So she has three older brothers. She's a little sister. So I was like, I'm, we in here, right? And so I picked up my little sister one day, right before I picked you up from work. Yeah. Do I remember this? I don't think I remember mm-hmm. this. You were working at, you were working at Town Center Mall. Oh, yes, I was. You're yeah, working yeah. at um, Nine, Nine West. West. Yep. You're managing at Nine West or something. And we picked you up. Then hung out with my little sister for a little bit and took her back home. And we didn't make it like three miles down the road before y'all were like cracking up laughing <laughs> and having a good time. <laughs> I'm like, she's not supposed to have a good time. You never have a good time. You, a 13 year old girl don't don't do that yeah it was a good time and at that point it was just you know i had to white flag it i was like this doesn't make sense man stop stop fighting this everybody likes me but i i it was such an ideal situation like his family is just such a blessing everybody is just so it was supernatural like how well everything just came together it really was like God moving because I mean, the way our like families got along the way, I mean, it just, it was just almost, it was almost kind of weird how well everybody got along, you know? And I understand that I'm a likable person, but this was still like God moving in this way because I mean, everything, even with the opposition of us shacking up, you know, like our families were really so supportive. And I think everybody realized even early on that this thing was going to turn into marriage and and a family eventually. Yeah. Yeah. Because more or less, I had to, I had to announce it in front of an entire church. But yeah, <laughs> this is another really weird story. Black Beyond Measure honors and elevates Black creators, artists, entrepreneurs, and others in the Black community. And Target holds the community front and center 
supporting their products, ambitions, and efforts, and people behind them, encouraging them to thrive. Now, we all know that balancing the work, relationship, parenting, self, life is hard. I know I struggle with it, and the moment we bring everything together, we have to find the best way to connect all the pieces without it all collapsing on the floor. That's why making time for yourself is so important because you can't pour from an empty cup, y'all. So take 10 minutes, have a dance break in the office, maybe take lunch with your boo once a week. Try requesting that day off to have a fun day with the kids. There's no wrong way to start. But I know for me, finding intentional moments of self-care are key to allowing me to show up for others. And being there for others is foundational to not only who I am, but what we do here at Black Love. I love the community that we've been able to build and how they pour into what we're doing. It helps feed my outer glow. Our community support is everything, and Target understands what it means to invest, uplift, and celebrate community. Learn more at Target.com slash Black Beyond Measure. So Maddie and I were at church with uh, with her with my, family. Yeah, with my aunt. With Yeah, with your aunt, your grandmother. So uncle, basically, my mom's cousins, side of the family, my parents, a couple there. other aunts, yes, everybody except your parents, exactly that, that are that are local. And there was this guest pastor who had the title of prophet. prophet. He was a prophet, right? And so I always go into those situations, like you know, not everybody got the gift, you know, <laughs> but we do throw titles around. Yeah. So I was like, all right. And, you know, he, he he did his thing. He, I don't even remember the word, but he got right into the, the prophesying part of it. And I was like, oh, man, he, I guess he's, you know, speaking something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because some of these people are getting it. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So we were just sure. like, you know, we were there for the, the routine of it. We're going to get up. We're going to clap. We're going to be like, oh, man, good, good work. Get your blessing. You know, walk into your favor. Do all of that <laughs> stuff. You know, just, just throwing them out there, and then uh, things towards, took a yeah, it took a took a hard sharp left because everything stayed pretty generic until he was just like you know, because because you know, in the beginning when prophets start prophesying, it's voluntary. Like, hey man, who wants to, who wants to get this blessing? And then he was like, nah, hold up. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you too. And he pointed to us. <laughs> and it was, like, it was yeah. Yeah, what's y'all talking to? No, no, you two come here. So we had to go up. Yeah. And we were like, at this time, we were 23, 24. Yeah. 23. I was 23, he was 24. Uh-huh. And so we walk up there, and he's like, um, You want to marry this girl? <laughs> and we had been dating for how long, you think? I don't know. It, it was Probably like. like three months it was like three months three four months because at that point i it was already in my head like you know you already know yeah we already know we're gonna do this but you know i was just waiting to getting some things for for the right moment everything was already in line really you know i was at my own place had a decent job had benefits (laughs) had you at my house every day it really wasn't (laughs) like that far off right? right um so I said, I said, yes, yes, I do. And he said, so what did he say? He said, he said, don't worry about it, right? And he's like, yeah. don't worry. He's like, tell the family, don't worry about it. He said, y'all will be fine. And then he was like, that was, this was the funniest part though, but he was like, but you gotta stop 
fornicate. <laughs> I was like, we working on it. Like we, we've been working through <laughs> this mean, whole process. Yes. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Was this in private or in public? No, this was a public, this is a public call. This, is this the was a very public West African church yes. situation. And my whole family is there with the exception of my parents. And then, but then he jumped over to, but let me tell you something about you. He's like, <laughs> you're going to be, that's, that's me. You guys are fornicating. Her, Maddie's favor again. You're going to be a great woman. You're going to be well known. Yeah. He's like, you're going to be big. He's like, I don't know what you're going to be, but you're going to be big. And I was like, okay. Yep. <laughs> then he looks back over to me and he's like, you're going to be a preacher. <laughs> Which said, he's been fighting. I said, I said, I am. Okay. She gets to be famous. <laughs> I mean, you're going to be famous too. And I get, I get your married. job. Like, I get, I get to do what you're doing to people right now. That's uh, okay. Well, I don't know how that works out. But, but it was you know, very interesting because that was like the first time. He, I mean, we have talked about marriage, but this was like the first time he had said, I'm going to marry this girl, one, very publicly. Yeah. It was just very, it was a very peculiar, and I was like, okay, I guess this guy is a prophet, because he called all of my business out. But it was necessary, because what it did is it broke the tension, right? It did. Especially the part when he, like, told the family, hey, man, it's cool. Like, he was like, don't worry. He's like, they're going to be all right, you know? It was and a so very so that broke the tension yeah. with, with your group. I think that was, like, the first time your one-on actually spoke to me. Yeah. In, in a kind way, like other than <laughs> without, that, without like, like talking down to yeah, you. Yeah, other than that, it was like looks from across the room, like <laughs> side eyes and things like that. But good stuff. Yeah, we've been, been rocking out ever since. And so, a couple of months after that is when that was September of. So it had to be July around this time. All right, so so in September of that same that year, was, that was July of. 2008. 2008. And so in September 2008, we went up to visit your parents. And my parents were living in Charlotte at the time. So from here in Atlanta, it was probably like a, you know, not even a four hour drive. So uh, it was, we were driving up there for my dad's birthday. Mm -hmm. um, just to kind of like hang out with them. Um, he had already met my parents, but we were of course just going up to hang out with them for my dad's birthday. Yeah, and so when we got there, it was like a whole weekend of festivities for other people doing other things. Because in the Liberian community, in most West African communities, <laughs> there's just always so much. There's always a party. There's it's always a around the clock party somewhere. All right, so during that weekend, her father and I had the the what's your intentions conversation, right? <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, you know, I'm. I, plan on marrying Maddie and I'm serious about this like so much so that like the ring is with me just in case you know and that was at, like <laughs> Which six I, just, I mean I didn't even know there was a ring we had not even I did not pick it out like right and so he was like all right cool and <laughs> wow that, that was it just that, like, okay. that really was he was like you know I just want to make sure that he's like He's basically like, you are right with me. But my daughter, on the other hand. <laughs> it's a lot. You just got to keep her. You got to keep her focused. She has a lot of potential, but you got to keep her focused on the thing. And so after I spoke with her dad, um, 
That night was September 19th, which was his birthday party. And I didn't want to be, I didn't want to take the shine off his birthday. And so what I did in terrible fashion was <laughs> wait until the next morning. And I proposed to Maddie right when she woke up on an air mattress yes. in her little sister's room at the time. It was excellent. Honestly, though, the ring was so fantastic that it didn't even matter. Like it was, I like literally did not even care that we were on an air mattress or whatever. It was like I was going to be married. You know, for me, I I always knew that I wanted to be married. It wasn't anything like for me to be like, oh, I don't know if I want to be married. Like that's something that I've always wanted to do. And after meeting Chris, I knew that I want I, it like I could see being somebody's wife. You know, it wasn't like this hocus pocus dream or whatnot. And so... I was so excited. I was, I mean, so elated. Like, what an understatement, you know? But yes, it in hindsight, on the air mattress. It was terrible. And <laughs> later I told her it was intentionally terrible because that was like my last checkpoint. I was still trying. <laughs> I was still trying. Was, I, I guess you were trying. trying to get me to say no, but I'm like. I was like, oh, she don't. But then he did. He got a good ring. It was so one of those like, like, love me for me situations. If you don't love me on this air mattress in the morning. Me. It was silly. But yeah, we, she said yes. And, and then we ended up getting married exactly one year later, September 19th, 2009. So on yeah. my dad's birthday. Dad's he was birthday. fine with taking the shine then. <laughs> yeah, but but they, my parents are like very extra. They like to show off their family kind of people. So, so that was a great Yeah, for him, it was a really great birthday gift. Yeah. yeah. So it's just like a fun day in our family now. It was just the two of us for five years. And I don't think that that was necessarily intentional. I think like we knew that we've always wanted to have a family. And I think that we tried, I think just like a lot of people and just, I think in, I think, what was it? 2011? Yeah, it wasn't intentional at all. Yeah, at all, I think we, no, we definitely wanted to have children sooner, but we two had, and a half years, right? Before yeah, we, we, got we got pregnant, pregnant yeah. and had a miscarriage and it ended up being so much more devastating than I think we realized, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, it just hit us in the chest. Like, I think we ended up being like depressed about it like for years and kind of like sweeping those feelings under the rug and I think it ended up causing some like strife in our relationship and we didn't really know where that came from for a while because we didn't really talk about it you know um, but we wanted a family so bad and we both come from big families and so we really honored family and we really wanted to have one of our own and for me having a miscarriage was just so devastating because it was like, I felt like, oh my gosh, like, I, I'm like not even woman enough to like stay pregnant, you know what I mean? Which I know sounds silly because it is something that happens so often, but man, it was really, it was really upsetting, not because even I was hurt, but because I saw how devastated Chris was and that really broke my heart because I got to see him brokenhearted, you know? Yeah. Um, that, miscarriage was like the start of the toughest period in our marriage yeah for sure and even though like maddie you know maddie said that there was a depression that crept in that depression pretty much hung around for like five years yeah and not knowing you know the signs of the signs of depression we both 
chose our different ways of coping, which for me was just like work harder, you know, like work harder to try to secure something or like try to make Maddie safer or try to protect her from yeah. something. And for me, it was just like, stay busy, stay around a lot of people, like just like do too, just do too much, like just was doing too much, you know, and that really and that, drove that a right wedge there was yeah, the between wedge, right? us. Because it was like, I had, I got to the position where I was like, I'm trying to prevent you from the craziness and keep you safe. And it was like, she was just running towards it. Yeah, and I just didn't feel safe anyway because I was already in this place where I was like, man, I can't even stay pregnant. So it's like, what's the use of being safe if I can't even do the thing that like, you know, one of the main reasons why a woman was designed, you know what I mean, to give birth. So it was really tough. It was really tough on us for a long time. So that was 2011. 2011. We had, we, had our, we had our miscarriage and we ended up having our first daughter in 2014. Um, and it still did not solve the hurt from that. And that was, I think, the other thing that was so huge where it was like, this is such an amazing part of our lives and going from two to three people was such a, a, a really, really drastic change, you know? Um, but she was just such a joy and such a light. But we still had not addressed the darkness of how we felt. We had not talked to each other. And eventually that drove us apart, you know, almost to the point where we, we got divorced. Well, I will say though, coming back into the birth of our first daughter, it was whatever we were already going into yes, yeah, was yeah. compounded because mm -hmm. of the emergency C-section mm -hmm. that brought our daughter into the world. And during that, Maddie lost a lot of blood, right? Mm -hmm. So they were just on, they were, the, the the doctors were going back and forth on, should we do the transfusion? Should we not do the transfusion? Mm -hmm. Should we do the transfusion? And so it was in a the operating really, room, yeah. like while we're doing like in the operating room. And it was a, it was a scene. It was, nothing fun about bringing our first daughter into the yeah, world. Yeah, it, it was you know? a really tough, it was a really tough experience. And Chris is somebody who was like not easily phased. He's not easily scared. Like he really knows how to handle just about anything. I just trust him in any situation. You know, I think that's one of the best things about Chris. I specifically remember me being on the operating table and looking at his face. And I mean, he was completely and totally bewildered because he just, I guess I had lost so much blood. It was yeah. like, it was like spilling off the table. Like it was just yeah, that intense. They and he, made a mistake and knocked down like one of those bumpers. And they were just like, we're in it now. But then when they knocked the bumper down, blood spilling everywhere and I'm like yo I, I literally looked up and I was like is that supposed to be happening that doesn't look like the answer I got was this <laughs> like that's not reassuring at all yeah it was intense and yeah, so whole thing coming and so then you know it was just a lot to recover from that too so I think that experience coupled with then having a miscarriage, I think probably, not even probably, it absolutely, yeah. it absolutely compounded to the, to the depression and just, you know, even thinking that I was enough, you know, which was again, in hindsight, silly, but that was really devastating. But yeah, there was the, the postpartum period in which I still was like, Keep her I safe, failed keep again. Her safe. I got to keep Maddie even more safe. So I started doing a lot more with the baby. 
mm-hmm. which I thought was like what I was supposed to be doing, right? Like I'm helping a lot more, but in turn, it really kind of took yeah. a lot of like you know. I guess, opportunities away from me as a mom to like grow and stuff like that. And so because he was doing a lot, I was just like, okay, well, then I'm going to stay busy then because it's like, I can't even be a mom because I just can't even physically do it. You know, Um, no, we were not communicating. We were just moving. Yeah, at that point, we we weren't even, we weren't really. Five years. Yeah. It was a literal, it was... I say like terrible communication was all of five years, but us just not talking at all probably was like, or just the you know the the formals, high buys and things. That was that was probably like two, two yeah. and a half. Mm-hmm. So in October of 2016, we separated, and I think it things had just reached a point of just like we can't even like look at each other you know i think like all of our problems that we had swept under the rug had just the rug was too lumpy now you know what i mean and it just it was we were just in a really really bad place and it was it was really best like if we even wanted to have a chance of getting together it was like we need to just not be in the same space we were that broken and like looking at each other, I think at this point had just reminded us of all the pain that we were going through. And so I left and I just like, I moved out. It's a really nice way of saying it. (laughs) What happened is in 2016, we had gotten to the point where we're still doing the same thing, right? Like I'm trying to help, I'm trying to save. Maddie continues to reject, but we escalate. We continue to escalate. We continue to escalate to the point where she just wasn't here a lot, you know? That wasn't. And it got to the point, like, even when she was here, she wasn't here. So I had gotten to the point on my end to where it almost, like, I was so far into the saving thing that I didn't realize that I was deteriorating, right? Like spiritually, mentally, like health physically. Yeah, and I had to, just, like, like it was just so much stress. I had on like us. developed an ulcer, and like my body was doing all kinds of weird stuff. And he does not, not drink. He things. doesn't smoke. He doesn't like. Yeah. All right. And so like I even had a physical. Right. I got I had a, I did my physical that year, and the doctor was like, "There's nothing actually wrong with you, right?" And then he was like, how's, you know, how's everything else? And I was like, well, my wife and I were in a rough patch. He's like, that might be it. Mm-hmm. And so I'm looking, you know, I'm, I'm just looking at it from all angles. And it's like, it got to the point where that voice, whether you want to call it the Holy Spirit, consciousness, whatever it is, mm-hmm. was like, both of y'all crazy. <laughs> but there's this little person here that need at least one of y'all to be sane. And if you can't, like, you can't do anything for Maddie, but you're supposed to be doing something for Mesa, right? So, but you can't do it if you're not around. Like, you're killing yourself, right? And so when I would raise those issues with Maddie, it was just like, she couldn't hear it. 
right? And I'm like, I'm dying. Like there's something wrong with me. And I had just already checked right. out emotionally that it was like when your husband's telling you that he's like physically not there, I wasn't emotionally there. So I had just checked out, like my heart just wasn't in it because it was so broken and I had not even realized it because I was just like, oh, I'll just work some more. Okay, let me just think of something, you know, like I was just doing so yeah. much. And it was the same thing for me, you know, it was really like, I was really operating out of like, that's what I thought was the right thing mm -hmm, to do. Mm -hmm. You know, like, you know, I didn't, I know, and you know, we've had this conversation before, but it's like, I didn't like you for a long time, yeah, like, like yeah. in that period. I didn't like you. And that's like I really loved important. You. I, think, I and, overall loved you, but well, I, I feel like, like you. We, we talk about that, like when it comes to marriage, we talk about how important love is. And it's like, okay, like that's cool. But it's like, do you even like this person? And it had just gotten to the point where we did not like each other. Like we just really were just so broken. We did not like each other. And it was breaking him down physically and emotionally. It had definitely broken me down emotionally and physically as well. Like now when I even like look back at pictures, like I just didn't even look like myself. There was like this haze over my eyes, in my opinion, you know, and maybe because I knew what was going on. But yeah, it just wasn't, it wasn't best case scenario. And so we separated. It was um, after... Ella came to a head and a, a big, a huge, huge fight. fight. And I was huge like, fight. yo, you got to go. Because it was like, I don't like you. I don't like me right now. This us ain't the us I envisioned. And yeah, if it got to be like this, people who this isn't going to work for, you know, I can't have her growing up in that situation. You know, like, yeah, you, you just you just got to go. Yeah, it was it was like, the for the for, it was the best for all three of us, you know, um, and so we separated for technically like we didn't like file for separation, but like we were not living in the same house. <laughs> I, I exhausted all my options once again, <laughs> but in back to Maddie's favor, <laughs> there was a point in which we have we have this uh. This family portrait that usually hangs in our living room. And it used to be a photo of Maddie and I on our wedding day, like doing our first dance, right? And during like a fit of emotion and that time by myself, I took it down, right? Super dramatic. I was going for it. I was like full on like Nicholas Sparks cheesy with the drama in my heart, you know, tears. And I'm not that emotional, but Everything is happening. Not at all. Right? I've probably seen him cry twice. And so life. like, I'm like getting rid of stuff one day and I go to the photo and I go to throw it away. And then once again, Holy Spirit consciousness was like, hey, um, Chris, while you at it, I need you to go hang that up. I was like, I'm not hanging this up. He was like, okay. And as a matter of fact, I need you to hang it over your bed. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I don't want to do that, but I'm also not going to be disobedient. So I'm like, I don't know what this means, but I'm hanging it over the bed. And once again, I'm over, I'm standing on the bed, hanging this photo, super hurt about the entire process. It's like, I didn't even, I'm, this is, you know, cause you're still in the denial part. Like I didn't even do anything wrong. Why do I have to do all of this? And why am I still doing all of this work? So at that moment, I was like, okay, well, I guess there's something on the back end of this. I didn't know what it was. Like, for me, my best hope was that, like, I can just hang out with my friend again one day. 
you know, because since the beginning, we were always friends. Like we were always cool. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, it was, it was, our relationship was deeper than just like, I love, love you, me. romantically yeah, love we you like and we get married. And we, and we, uh, we laugh together and we dreamt together and we're and really so partners. There was, there was that and in typical Maddie fashion, she just didn't want to stay gone. <laughs> right? Which was the weirdest thing ever to me. Cause it's like, if we did all of this over this time for you to like not be around and do this and do that, whatever. But like when the decision's made, she kept finding reasons to like come back. And it was like, no, oh, I'm hurt. I'm trying to go through this healing process like everything, right? Like I'm trying to get my body together, trying to get my mind together, trying to figure out where my heart is. Cause I don't know, you know, where it was. It's spiritual and everything. Um, she just kept popping up. I mean, and I'm like, I mean, let's also, we have a child together. So yes, I am going to just pop up, but I really did not want to be divorced. I really did not want to create a broken home for my, for my kid. And, you know, beforehand you know i've heard you know older people specifically in our family say like you know you stay for the kids you do it for the kids or whatnot and it was the first time where i was like yeah i just don't want my daughter's reality to be like you couldn't like humble yourself to even say or become vulnerable enough to say you know what i'm hurt but i am willing to do the work like i was like that that would be so silly for me to just cause this rift in my child's emotional life because i did not want to do the work to fix something that was fixable and for me that was why i was like you know what i am hurt i don't even understand what any of this means right now but i want to do the work and we did and and it was really hard work but it did not come like overnight, it the work again, just like the breakup, the work happened after another big fight, but this one was like over the phone and she got all hysterical and was like, you know, I'm getting the law involved and all this. I'm like, this doesn't even make sense. Like, we don't do this well. Like, you know, we do like the fun stuff well. We don't do, <laughs> yeah, we don't do <laughs> this well, well, right? And so I called, I, call, I called the church, I called my pastor and I was like, we need help. Like, we need to figure out what to do because this isn't working and she about to call the police on me, which I have no idea why, because we're not even in the same geographic area right now, right? But the argument was over like something with, 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 with the kid, with, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. so like, she agreed to show up that night. They, they, they were literally like, come on, come that night. Cause it was like a Tuesday and they did they did counseling, counseling on, Tuesday. on Tuesday. So they said show up in like, like an hour. In November. Like we, we did this. Yeah, right? So yeah. October happened, then we're And in I think November. we got in the argument around like 3, 3.30. And they were like, well, if you can get here at 5.30, we can have a counseling session. And, you know, that, that essentially was the beginning of the work. Like we thought it was going to be something where it was like, well, I'll tell you what I thought. I thought it was going to be like, you trip in, don't call the police, just calm down. But it really was like, hey, do you want to do the work? Because we can do the work here, you know. Um, and I had also started seeing a therapist. So we were both going to our pastor for counseling. And we were also going to, well, I was going to my therapist. And eventually. About a couple months before. Yeah. Yeah, you started. And yeah, so probably in about September, I had started going. 
Um, but I had never gone to a therapist before, you know, just talking about my feelings wasn't something that like my parents ever like encouraged or like raised us to do. Um, so yeah, it ended up being really, really helpful. And eventually we, he was going to individual counseling with our pastor and then we did couples counseling with him as well. Yeah. And that was the beginning of the work. I started feeling more confident in our relationship after I read this book called Marriage, Remarriage, and Divorce. And it was by um, Reverend Kenneth Hagin, um, who was kind of like the founding father of our church. Of like Word of Faith. Of like Word of Faith, yeah. like ministries. Um, and it was something that our pastor had suggested that we read. And again, just realizing like how you deciding to stay married or to get divorced and how that trickles in like not only just one generation but generations in your family and in the book i really learned about capital l love and lowercase love and how lowercase love is romantic love and kind of very selfish and how like this um capital l love was very much so this selfless and and very like christ-like love and for me when we discussed it like chris had said you know something along the lines like i really like do like capital l love you and he had started text messaging me every single morning and just telling me i'm a words of affirmation person we had like talked about love languages and every single morning consistently he even on the days that were hard and we didn't really like each other he would still put forth the effort even when he didn't feel like it, but because he had faith in us. And that's when I really started becoming confident because I was like, I know how hard this is for him and I know how hurt he is, but he's still putting forth an effort to make sure that I feel loved um, even when he doesn't feel like it. And for me, that was, that was just huge. You know what I mean? Like, because you know, we're, it's, we're, humans are so fickle and we, we really do base a lot of our actions based off our feelings, but because he was not basing, his love wasn't only feeling based for me, was really huge. I think it was just like, to me, it just really solidified how much of a man he really was. Cause he said he was going to do the work. He said he was here to make sure that I would feel loved and appreciated. And he made sure that he did that. Um, I don't necessarily know if there is a, a moment that made me feel confident. I always had faith in us and I always believed that we were, for lack of a better phrase, like we were bigger than us, right? Like this was supposed to happen, but I also know that we all have free will and we don't have to do what we're supposed to do. We really don't. Mm -hmm. So when it came to Maddie and I, I think for me, it was just a matter of like assurances. Because after you go through what we went through, like the natural side of you is like, you're free. You can just go and figure it out, right? But spiritually, I was conflicted because it was one, I take the covenant that is marriage very seriously. And two, there, I don't think the work that we're supposed to do had been done, right? So once I realized that 
Maddie was willing to take that step, you know, and and, and just go for it. I was like, let's let's play it out. Let's. I've always had your back, but let me just rock with you on that level, right? And and that was a hard thing for me to be honest with you because. And I think it's one of the hardest things I had to do because in learning or in accepting that truth, right? I had to learn, I had to relearn my method for approaching my relationship. I had to, I had to stop, you know? Like I had to stop trying to save my wife. Right, right, like, right. Saving's not my job, right? Like leave the saving to Jesus. <laughs> you work on the loving part, right? That was my biggest thing, like love, impatience right like you got to love this person enough to let them go through the thing and that was uh that was the most eye-opening thing for me right like i that was really my work i had to do that work i had to be patient enough to let you do it and i had to really understand what grace was Mm, right because mm. we are two completely different people mm -hmm, two completely mm -hmm. different backgrounds two different methods of coping with things and it, i just had to accept you doing it your way right right figuring right. it out right i think the biggest thing that we've done post separation that we did not do before is our open and honest moments and i think chris is really great at this i think i'm the one that it's kind of like pulling teeth when it comes to having an open and honest moment but what i realize is sometimes these open and honest moments are kind of hard to swallow it's like okay that was open and honest but i still capital l love you even though i might not feel lowercase love right now but what I've also realized is that the open and honest moments are when I feel most like his friend and we almost laugh at 80% of the things that are open and honest, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I feel like that's almost like our, to me, that's like our safe space, like open and honest moments. I feel like it's kind of like, listen, I get it. I'm your wife. You're my husband, but I'm human. And this is how I feel, or this is why I'm pissed or this is how I felt when I saw somebody today or, you know, just like these different things. And I feel like that is something that was absolutely not there beforehand. And because of, I think, therapy and counseling and just learning how to communicate, those open and honest moments yeah. are really, really huge for us. Yeah, I think I, I agree. Mm -hmm. It's it's more so we had to develop or redevelop our what intimacy was mm -hmm. to us, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and, and finding, like you said, that safe space to, you know, throw aside all the other labels that we have and just be us right mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. in connecting on that level that's i think that's the um that's the one of the biggest things that we've uh we've implemented on this end i think on the other i think another thing too is just i'm just trying to be as understanding as possible like really looking mm -hmm. for that understanding moment you know because just because you don't do something the way I would do it doesn't mean it's wrong. Really like, grace. Your your method is your method. My method is yeah, my method. Yeah. And just having more grace with one another, I yeah. think, has been because I, I again I don't I don't think I I definitely was not intentional about extending grace to to him beforehand, and that's something that I, I try to be really intentional with. Sometimes I fall short, but I think really identifying that I was short on that, and then you know, kind of really trying to to fix that. It is has been huge.